0: So this week on the show, we want to talk about how to form and keep strong relationships. We've had some experiences lately that have kind of reinforced the value of of strong and deep relationships, as well as we've seen some folks who are doing a really good job of this, of both facilitating it, also just good at at keeping in touch. And so we wanted to chat about that today.
1: Yeah. And I started thinking about whether this should be a conversation about friendship or about like business network. And I realized that at this phase of our lives, they're just not that different. You know, I'm not going to do a lot of business with someone that I don't have some kind of friendship with. Yep. And most of the people that I love working with, I, I also love dining with. I also love taking walks with. So I, I feel like it, it felt like a false separation to sort of tease out those two aspects of life. Because again, for us at this point, like we don't do any, any kind of work with people that we don't want to do work with. Right.
0: Right. Yeah. And it's kind of, that's kind of evolved over the past several years, but I think, I don't know if it happens to everyone as you get, you know, on in your career, I think you just have more, tend to have more choice, especially if you're not doing a straight salary job, you tend to have more choice with who you work with.
1: Right. That's the founder issue is you choose who you surround yourself with, as opposed to working for someone else where they're, they're selecting the team.
0: So let's dive in. We plan to talk through the issues faced by startup founders and the people
1: close to them. That overused phrase, work-life balance.
0: It is an amazingly focusing time. This is what we do, you know, aside from our families. This is our whole work life.
1: I am also known as Dr. wine You know this woman?
0: days were a mental struggle. I have been stressed in the past, and I know that I will be in the future. A founder and his or her significant other would both get value from the episode. So two weeks ago, we talked about how relationships can be tricky, right? We talked about, you know, as you get older, it's harder to make new relationships. We talked about getting busy with work, with your family, with your company, with, you know, whatever it is that Kind of fills your days.
1: I think the title of that episode was "Old Lady Problems."
0: No, it was not.
1: (laughs) Okay, sorry. Um, But yeah, that was the that was a lot of the conversation that we had surrounding the challenges of midlife. Like most of us are really spread thin in terms of lots of different commitments and activities. And it's definitely not so easy to just spend like a seven hour hangout with someone like that, at least in my life, has to be kind of planned and curated as opposed to how life was in my 20s when time felt somehow more abundant. So some of the challenge of this phase of life is to really be very intentional about growing new relationships and keeping existing relationships strong. And I think that's something that we've both been thinking about as We've been a little bit, or I've been a little bit more reflective this year surrounding uh, turning 40. So one of the things that came up around the birthday was I wanted to really honor and celebrate the people who have been instrumental in shaping me over the course of my life. And so months ago, sort of sent out an email to some key people from really all different phases of my life, friends from undergrad friends from graduate school friends from friends from Boston friends from New Haven friends from different places that we've lived and and invited them to come to Minneapolis for for a weekend of sort of fun and festivities
0: yeah and i was impressed at how many people from those different phases of our lives decided to basically buy a plane ticket and come to Minneapolis, you know, and stay here for a couple days and celebrate your 40th. Um, we did a big party. I had a, a hired a caterer and a bartender, and it was the first time we've, we've ever done something like that. And I felt like it was a testament to the relationships that we've cultivated over the years that, that so many people decided to, a lot of them get childcare for their kids over the weekend and, you know, again, buy the plane ticket or do a long drive and come out.
1: And I was thinking about the people who were there because there were lots of people who could have been there. But the people that were there are people that I think we have spent a lot of time really following up with over the years. Like sort of our oldest friends who who came, Carrie and Tyler are people that we see regularly, even though they live in California and we live in Minneapolis. And they're also people that I talk to. I talk to Carrie every week, every Sunday night, we have sort of a standing phone date. And so those two things, every time we're in the state of California, we usually find a way to bump into them. And the frequency with which we just stay in touch, a 20-minute phone call every Sunday, has meant that that's a really deep, longstanding relationship because Carrie and I have kept it up so well. You know, we've really maintained a level of consistency over many years.
0: Yeah, and that's that's a really good approach if you want to build that that build and maintain that relationship over time. I was also impressed with other friends who came who, you know, maybe we only see once a year, or it, it's more like we had a really deep relationship for a couple years. And now it's a little more, it feels a little more like, I Hey, I see them on Facebook and I, I know what their kids' names are because I see them on Facebook. And yet yeah, when we get in the room together, it's kind of like very little has changed. And I felt like, again, with so many people coming here for your birthday, we saw folks who we see often. We saw folks who we don't see that often, but it, it was really just this overwhelmingly, Positive experience, and it was kind of a testament uh, again to the the relationships. I was very thankful, you know, I was very thankful that we had that we had that many people because I know how we talked about how we've moved a lot, and that every time you move and as you get older, it becomes harder to make relationships to build new ones, and kind of made me happy, made me smile when we had a bunch of friends around here last weekend.
1: Yeah, and it was a little bit challenging to pull together that many people from different circles because some of the people know each other, but many of them do not know each other. You know, we had some of our neighbors meeting some of our professional friends, meeting some of our friends from from graduate school from years ago living in Los Angeles. So I think when you put all those people together, like you never know how it's going to work. It can, it can like fall very flat or it can you know, have this like great energy, which, which it did. And I think the time together worked really well because um, there are a few things we created some shared activities. So you had a bartender, but you had actually a mixologist come and teach people how to make a couple of pre-selected drinks. And so people were learning something, they were doing something. It was easy for people to interact shoulder to shoulder instead of face-to-face. So shoulder-to-shoulder interactions are obviously where two people are, as like the image of two people standing next to each other working on a common activity. They don't have to have the intensity of an eye-to-eye sort of face-to-face conversation, but they're building an experience because they're doing something together or collaboratively or side-by-side. And that is a great way to get people who don't know each other to start forming a relationship they're having an experience together without the kind of emotional intensity of of that deep eye to eye kind of contact.
0: Yeah, it's like team building, right? Would be the, the kind of corporate way to do it, but or the corporate term for it. But I thought that was a great idea. You suggested having a make your own cocktail thing, and I felt like that worked out quite well. It seemed to be a hit, and I felt like folks really connected well. And from very different phases of our life, we brought a lot of people together and there was a lot of chemistry and people kept commenting like, wow, that party really worked well, even though there were many couples who didn't know anyone else aside from us.
1: I think the other thing that helped that is it was a dress up party. So it was a cocktail party people put on, people wore suit jackets and ties. The ladies wore cute dresses. And I think that is Kind of important because it takes people out of their normal everyday context and it says, This is our new shared context. Like, this is not the same as like you hanging out in your hoodie watching the Vikings game. Like, we're doing something different here and you're part of a larger experience where everyone is participating. So, even though the different dress is a way of forming a little tribe because we're all sort of dressed the same and dressed together. And so some of our neighbors who live in our neighborhood were seeing people walk like to the party and seeing that they were dressed up and instantly were like, oh, I bet those people are going to Sherry's party (laughs) because no one else walks around the neighborhood in a cocktail dress. So it's a shared experience together.
0: Yeah, I thought that was a nice aspect to it because it gave everyone an excuse to do something that maybe we only do once or twice a year.
1: So in addition to... My very important birthday party. I, I cannot believe like this there's been like two episodes recorded about my birthday. I'm so sorry, you guys. This is so like self indulgent. I promise we have more interesting things to share with you.
0: Right. The rest the, the next five episodes will not be about your birthday.
1: We will not mention again that I'm forty. Clearly I'm having to think about it, but I won't put that on you people. Okay. Moving on. So I just came back from an event called Mastermind Talks, put on by Jason Gaynard and his amazing crew. And this is an event that I think is probably the ultimate introduction to relationship building. And I've gotten to know Jason through a couple of different, through some mutual friends. And then I went up to Toronto, where he's based for, or he's based outside of Toronto, but that's his his closest hub. I went up for a workshop last winter that he held about relationships. And the reason that I wanted to bring up this event, this is not sort of a commercial for the event, but there were a couple of things that he did to foster community in this event that were amazing. So it was about 180 people and it really felt much more connected than that. And there were a couple of things that he did. One of the things is he had the hotel bring in tables of six. So most hotels or most event spaces have eight tops where you know, you have eight, eight or 10 people sitting around a table. And that's too many to have a really good conversation. So he like has the hotel rent out more tables so that there are tables of six to really optimize the likelihood that people at the table will be able to have a meaningful exchange in the course of dinner. So there were several dinners that we had together as a community and they were always around six tops so that people could hear each other and really exchange ideas and conversation.
0: It's a really nice way to structure it. And let me guess, the mu- there was either no music or it was turned down really low so people could actually have conversations.
1: Yep. It was at a very nice level. Like I I think it was there, but it wasn't notable. It didn't overwhelm, it wasn't too loud.
0: It's a big thing. If you are listening to this and you are going to host people or have any kind of in person event, whether it's official where they pay, whether it's unofficial where it's a, a group of eight or 10 people you invite over, these are things to think about is that as groups get larger and larger, like that table of 12, it's just too big and everyone only talks to the two or three people around them. And it's, it has this really odd vibe. So being very intentional about keeping groups to four, between four and six. And music is a big one. We learned this with the first couple of microcomps where we were at the Hard Rock Cafe and we were going for an evening event. We went to a bar and they just, the music was so loud and we didn't have control of that. And so that's been something that we have made sure that any evening event that we, that I host, I want to be in control of the music, whether it means we get a private room at a restaurant or a bar, or whether it means, you know, we get a room in a hotel or whatever.
1: You rent out the whole space because right. you want to in charge
0: that's right so it these are you know it's it's something that these seem like little things but it's crazy when you get interesting people together and they want to talk and the music is way too loud everyone yells their voice out or you'll see them people like standing on the street out front and uh, we had we had that in in Prague one year the the bar music was too loud and there were just tons of people hanging out like in the foyer or out on the street with their drinks because they just couldn't talk inside the bar
1: Yeah. So yeah, that's one of the things that that Jason did really well was to really curate the environment, to optimize conversation. And he also, this is like next level ninja kind of but he really handcrafted the seating assignments. So like the first dinner, the first night, I was at a table with like multiple people who were very interested in mental health and psychology among entrepreneurs. And then a woman named Elizabeth who became like my, my conference BFF because we were just really had this lovely chemistry and like lots of things in common. Both of us have like graduate theology degrees, you know, which is not like a, a super common <laughs> thread among people. So Jason talks about uncommon commonalities so for example, that Elizabeth and I both both spent time at Yale and both have these advanced theology degrees was our uncommon commonality among other things. But putting folks together, if you are curating event where, or, or even just like hosting a birthday at your house, like making sure that you're connecting people in a way that gives them a sort of foothold for a deeper conversation is such a gift that you can give if you're hosting something like that.
0: Yeah, and that's something I feel like Jason did a good job of. Is in advance didn't there was a really long intake form, right? There, where he asked a ton of stuff about you, and that's why so long. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but that's why he did it, right? Is to learn about all the attendees, people to pair them up, and then I think he, he issued like an actual print book with photos. It's almost like a, a freshman Facebook. I mean, it's really interesting. Facebook in the old sense, not in terms of the website, but I think it was pretty clever. You know, it was a pretty clever way to get 100 people or 150 people to know each other quickly.
1: Yeah. And Jason talks about the ABCs of relationship, always be curating, always be collecting, always be capturing. So the, the curating is really bringing people into your life that can help expand your network. And, and it's not just about like, oh, they can help you, but it's about just surrounding yourself with really, really interesting and great people that that's Kind of this intentional focus of life and of professional life as an entrepreneur. And then I think that one of the things, so the third C is capturing. And that is just the reminder to really pay a lot of attention to capturing important information about people because that's how you form relationships. Like you're really listening and listening well to who's got kids the same age as you, who has needs in a specific area where you have a lot of resources, who has similar hobbies. Those shared experiences, those those shared connections are the basis of relationship. And so to be really mindful and intentional about listening in conversation to those important connectors is not something all of us do automatically. We don't do it intuitively, but that's the difference between having a conversation with someone at dinner that you are kind of like, oh yeah, that person was interesting and then you there's no reason to really follow up with them and that person that you follow up with and ha- end up having a really meaningful working relationship or friendship because you have really connected to them about the things that, that are most important to them.
0: Yeah, a big part of this is listening for how you can help someone, right? I've actually been asked and it's always kind of awkward or it's weird when people ask, but they're like, so how can I help you? And it's like, I don't know. I don't even know what you do or really what, I don't know how you can help me. I realize it's a straightforward question and someone what they're trying to get at, but it's so much better if you can listen to the other person, hear what they're talking about, get them talking about things they're working on, problems they're experiencing in their business and, and start to think, Oh, I know a person who could help with that. Or I can help with that. Like that there's a big difference there between it's like showing versus telling type thing. It's, it's like, just get in rather than kind of make them do the work of trying to figure out how you can help them. It's such a weird ask when, when people have asked me about, I'm always like, I don't, I don't know. Help me with what?
1: It feels too broad. But if you can be... Help me help you. Like if you can be that investigator. Like I mentioned in one of the conversations that I was having that that you and I had recorded this video course, but that frankly, I hadn't done anything with it because I really don't know if it's... A, I feel a little bit stuck about what to do with it. And B, I'm, I'm not sure if it's ready to be launched into the world, like if it needs some more editing or improvement or whatever. And so I just mentioned this in conversation. And someone at the table was like, I actually run a company that helps people launch online courses and absolutely just send me a link to your videos and I will look at them and tell you if I think they need more editing or if you should kill them or if you should launch. And, you know, he didn't ask me the strange question of like, how can I help you? He just heard me talking about this pain point and jumped on it and said, hey, I can probably help you with this because that's the thing that I do.
0: Yep. And that's a big deal that if he had said, how can I help you? You wouldn't have known, it just wouldn't have triggered, you know, you wouldn't have been like, oh, I have this course that I'm not doing things. I don't know. There's something about making an organic connection to how you can help someone or how someone can help you and not just trying to go at it bluntly. The other thing is let other people help you. You know, depending on your personality, that may be easy or it may be, a stretch for you. But I almost think there's, there's a lot of value towards you helping someone and there's a lot of value for someone helping you. It builds their relationship in both directions, you know? And oftentimes after I've helped someone, I, A, I don't expect some return favor because it's not tit for tat. And B, I feel like I like them more. You know, there's some, which sounds weird, right? Shouldn't it be like, oh, if they help me, then I'll like them more. But there's some psychology here where-
1: No, well, you've invested in them. You've you've given your time, your energy, your resources, your expertise, whatever it is, toward them. So, it, in a way, you're you're looking psychologically for a confirmation bias because you've already given something toward them. So, there's this extra extra need to, of course, like them.
0: Yeah, that makes sense.
1: I think another just last, just a, a few more comments related to growing relationships. Well, I've heard people talk a lot about the importance of preparation. In fact, Jason Gaynard, who hosted Mastermind Talks, also has a podcast called Community Made. And the last season of it, season two, was all about relationships. And they, they did one episode about how to prepare well for a conference that I actually thought was like spot on. I think all of us would like to sort of stumble into our experiences in life and instantly be able to make great connections. But that's, of course, not often how it works. And preparing ahead of time, like looking to see who's going to be there and trying to figure out who do I want to connect with? What are the kinds of questions that I have? What are the things that I have to offer? And doing some of that intellectual heavy lifting beforehand can be really Important, of course. And I know, like, MicroConf, you all don't release the speaker list ahead, or I'm sorry, you don't release the attendee list. You do release the speakers ahead of time.
0: No, although we've started doing like an opt in thing. I forget, we used some piece of software where you could upload a headshot and like some tags about yourself. So people would put like WordPress and California or whatever, and people could go through the attendee list. It was, of course, opt in.
1: And I think it's so worth the time to spend a couple of minutes with whatever resources are available to you before you go to an event, a conference, or frankly, even like a birthday party. Like people who came in for the party, a couple of people were like, hey, give me the lowdown on who's going to be there. And so I was able to give them a nice synopsis of, of all of my friends that were attending and kind of what their commonalities might be. And I think the people who asked me that ahead of time, probably had a better time. I mean, I don't know, maybe better. They definitely had material to talk to people about, which helped break the ice for people who were feeling a little bit more apprehensive about interacting with a bunch of strangers.
0: Yeah. Preparation is a a big part of this, I think, especially for those of us. I mean, I I think most of us are not naturally good at this. I know I'm very much not. So I have to both mentally prepare. And then also, you know, if I'm going into a situation, I I do want to know more about who I'm going to be hanging around with. I mean, oftentimes for me, it's a speaker dinner right before a conference. And I will go and look at all the speakers and figure out who are the two or three that I really want to connect with. Why do I want to connect with them? What can I do for them? I think there's a lot of value in preparing and being deliberate about this.
1: And I think one one last thought, if you're someone who is wanting to grow in this area and you want to you know, grow your connections, I would say... You know, think about the people that you want to connect with and and then make it easy to connect. So again, for example, I've been thinking about my friend Brooke. And Brooke's a, a single mom, like she's she's busy, her life is complicated. But I'm going to this conference. I'm speaking at an event in New Orleans in January. And so I call Brooke up and I say, Hey Brooke, I'm going to this conference. I, you know, the hotel is covered. I've got the lodging. Can you just buy a ticket and show up and just come hang out with me for a couple of days? And I've, I'm asking her months in advance so she can organize childcare. And it's like you're anticipating the barriers to spending time together and doing what's within your power to take care of that. The people who came in for our gathering for the birthday, you know, we rented a big Airbnb and we just told people like, just get here. We've got your lodging covered and some of your meals and, you know, we want to make it easy to connect and to eliminate any of the barriers or the sort of time invested in trying to find lodging in a strange city and just make it easy for people to show up and hang out.
0: Right. That's a way to, I mean, we've kind of bounced back and forth between like deepening existing relationships and breaking into new ones. And this is a really good approach that you've now used several times and I've started to adopt it as well is just make it easy for the other person if you really do want to connect with them.
1: All right. Well, we can't talk about my birthday anymore. What are we going to
0: (laughs) do? Yeah, that's it. This is the last episode. No. Of talking about your birthday.
1: Well, in the spirit of helping relationships or helping people you have relationships with, those of you who have purchased a copy of our book, The Entrepreneur's Guide to Keeping Your Shit Together, thank you. Thank you very much. If you would be so kind to hop back into Amazon and leave a review, that would be so amazing. We you know, hate hitting you up for things because I feel like everyone in your life is asking you for things, but it really does it helps up-level the game for the book. It helps more people find it. It helps it grow in search rankings and all of that fabulous stuff. And if you haven't purchased the book, what the hell? Come on, go get the book. It's like $4 on Kindle. And then of course, you can also leave that review.
0: See you next week.
1: Thanks for listening to this episode of Zen Founder. Our theme song is A New Beginning." by bensound.com, used under Creative Commons.